Hello, this is Larry Goldman, and this is The Binge 10. Uh, what did I watch the week of uh, February 16th? What should you watch next week? Um, lots of things going on this week. A couple different premieres, a couple new things on Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon. So all the bigs had some new stuff going on. Let's go through them, see what was good and what was not, as well as uh, regular cable TV. Um I'm going to group two here at once. There's two new comedies on Thursday night, uh, Indebted and Outmatched. Um, both of these are part of kind of the uh, revival of family sitcoms, uh, kind of a cleaner, uh, less sophisticated, uh, less complicated uh, version of sitcoms, um, Outmatched is about uh, a couple who have four kids. Three of them are certified geniuses. Uh, they are not. Um, I tried to give uh, this program a couple of episodes before I put it on the podcast here. Um, uh, so what happens uh, when you're trying to manage three kids or geniuses and you're not? Uh, they can manipulate you. Uh, they can trick you into doing things. Uh, they know stuff that you don't know, um, but uh, apparently not enough to make it a lot of laughs. Um, you do get a few decent ones an episode. It's not without a couple good laughs. Uh, Jason Biggs from uh, American Pie fame is the big draw here, um, but really him and the mom just can't get the laughs consistently rolling. Maybe that's writing, uh, but I would say you can kind of pass on this one. Um, indebted, a little bit of the same thing, uh, Thursday night show. Um, uh, this is a, what happens when your parents go broke and move in with you? Fran Drescher, uh, from the nanny fame and, uh, Steve Weber recently from ballers. He plays the dad who moves in with their kids. This one's a lot better than outmatched. Um, a lot more laughs here, a lot more good jokes, um, they make Steve Weber out to be this really almost senile old Jewish guy. Uh, but I looked it up. He's only 58. So it doesn't always resonate and play well. Um, uh, maybe if Judd Hirsch did it, uh, you know, somebody in their seventies or eighties, but, um, it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense for him to play this guy who, who, who really can't keep his shit together really. Um, bottom line is that if you're looking for family sitcoms, you got the neighborhood, uh, you've got all the Wednesday night shows, Modern Family, Goldberg, School, Single Parents. You got a lot better places to look than Indebted and Outmatched. I, I'd probably pass on both of these. If you need something to do on Thursday night, go with The Unicorn, go with Sinner. Uh, it looks like Briar Patch is going to start moving to Monday nights is what it looks like. Um, so maybe those you can stay away from if you've started it. Um, uh, number eight on the list, uh, Tommy. Uh, this is Edie Falco coming back as the chief of police of Los Angeles. Uh, the former chief of police uh, got wrapped up in a prostitution and sex scandal. So they had to fire him and they thought bringing in a woman was best. Here comes Edie Falco to save the day. Uh, but first of all, it was great casting. 
that they made Corbin Burnson, you know, from Major League and L.A. Law, the sleazy ex-police chief. He's great at it. He seems like he's he's absolutely totally right for the role. Um, and, and he killed it. Um, uh, but this show is, you know, it's a little heavy handed. Um, they try to do the witty kind of quick talking Aaron Sorkin like banter, you know, kind of the West wing type of thing. Um, Edie Falco does it pretty well. The mayor buddy, mayor buddy, he does it pretty well, but the other characters don't really get it. Uh, they don't really feed off that well. It isn't really funny enough. Um, you know, Edie Falco for me is a legend. Sopranos nurse Jackie. She deserves better than this show. Um, like I said, it's really, really heavy handed. So just in the first episode, you know, obviously it's a big deal to bring in a woman, chief of police, I think from New Jersey is where she's coming from. Uh, they make half of, you know, the males on the show absolutely, you know, chauvinist pigs. So, you know, they're trying to really catch on with that. They made her character gay as well. So there's that aspect of it. Um, and then the first big crime of the first episode is about illegal immigration and sex trafficking. So just here in the first episode, you're dealing with a lot. And since you're dealing with so much, none of it's very subtle it's all, you know, hitting you right over the head on all of these issues all at once. Um, they definitely didn't start off any kind of drama, any kind of storyline that's going to continue through to the other episodes. Um, love to see uh, Edie Falco get back to TV. That's great. Put her on HBO. Uh, get her winning more Emmys. Get her a Netflix show. She deserves it. Um, not sure this is the right vehicle for her. Uh, and I'm probably, even after episode one, not going to continue on with this one too much longer. Um, uh, number seven on the list, Kidding. Kidding uh, came out last week. They did another two episodes this week. So in two weeks, we're on episode four already. Took a bit of a left turn this week. You know, Jim Carrey's character, Mr. Pickles, uh, came out with a doll that talks with children all over the world in real time. You know, that's interesting. Um, do you want a doll that talks to some <laughs> middle-aged man on the other end of the world? Um, but it's really, really wacky. Uh, as always, a few great laughs. Didn't like it as much as, as, as those first couple episodes, the first weeks. We'll, we'll stay in touch with this one. I wouldn't give up on it if I was you. Again, if you haven't seen season one, binge that. Get yourself done with it. Um uh, so I'll be sticking with kidding as as we continue on here. Um, I'm sticking with McMillions this week. It's still great. I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but now we're talking about how organized crime is in the game as well with the whole uh, McDonald's monopoly conspiracy. Uh, they spent a lot of time this week showing, you know, the tough times that the winners are having. You know, you think you get an instant $1 million winner ticket, and that sounds great. Who wouldn't want that? Um, but then you find out, well, it's really $50,000 a year for 20 years. Uh, so it's not like you're a millionaire all of a sudden. Um, uh, and then you got to give half of that to the mob, so you're down to 25 k 
Uh, guess what? You know, the mob gets 25K before taxes. You got to pay taxes on the whole 50K. You're winding up with about 10K a year here. Um, so a really tough road, but but to see how the uh, uh, the people uh, who are cashing in these tickets uh, live and lived uh, uh, is really interesting. Uh, I was a little surprised that it's a full six episodes. Uh, I think we're only on episode maybe four or five this week. Um, so I'm a little interested in how they're going to make this last another three episodes. You know, the one thing we don't know is how uh, we're getting our hands on the, the winning tickets. Uh, that feels like it's the draw that's keeping you in here because I do want to know that. I want to know how that worked. Um, I could probably read it in a book someplace or online. I'm not going to do that. going to stick with the documentary. Um so this one's getting a little bit slow, um, and, and we'll just see what bright ideas they have for the uh, uh, the end of the season here, if they can keep us interested. Uh, number five, Homeland. Homeland's hanging in there. You know, I made the joke last week about what a formula this show is, and it probably still is. But Carrie is solving problems. People are pissed at her. She's making enemies. Taking names, kicking ass. Uh, so uh, a great second episode. Uh, they got away from that issue with her having trouble understanding what reality is or isn't when she was in that Rus Russian prison. I really hope they bring that back because it's, it's much more interesting than her just being on or off her meds. It's really interesting that she doesn't know if she gave up informants or agents when she was in that Russian prison. and She doesn't know if she's causing problems or solving problems. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting take on it. Uh, they kind of got away from that. Let's see if they bring it back. Uh, again, showing that our U.S. intelligence agencies are uh, not the greatest in the world. Uh, the CIA and the NSA both got taken advantage of by Pakistan's intelligence, and they kidnapped Saul. So this is usually the time where I ask the question, how much guts do the writers have? All right. Will they kill Saul? Do they have the guts to do that, especially so early in the season? Um, you know, you think about Narcos. You know, they killed off the Michael Pena character, Kiki. They had guts. How much guts does Homeland have? I'd love to see that. I'd love to see Saul get killed and Carrie just go completely ballistic. I'd really like to see how that would, uh, would play off. Number four. High Fidelity. High Fidelity came out on uh, Hulu uh, this week. Um, and the nice thing is that they're going to let you binge it. They're not going to just leak a couple episodes a week like they do with Handmaid's Tale and some other things. Um, so if you remember, John Cusack played a record store owner uh, based on the Nick Hornby book uh, many, many years ago. Uh, and uh, John Cusack's character, just he just can't get love right. And he's really lamenting over it most of the movie. Um, Lisa Bonet played one of his ex-girlfriends in that show. Uh, now, Lisa Bonet's daughter, Zoe Kravitz, um, she plays the record store owner, um, uh, which is even more insane owning a record store now than, than when John Cusack did it way back when. Uh, but she owns the record store. She actually has the same name, Rob. Her name's Rob, so they kept the same name. Uh, and they kept a lot of the same stuff. So if you remember the movie, there's a lot of top five countdowns, um, you know, in, in the series. They do top five, top five countdowns of breakups, which is the main part of the 
the show and the series. They do top five songs about masturbation. They they do top five all sorts of stuff, and and those, those are probably some of the most fun things they do. Uh, they make playlists, and of course, there's plenty of bad dating choices for all the characters, but mostly focused on Rob, Zoe's character. Uh, she has two helpers, just like the movie, um, uh, and um, you know uh, who is it? A uh, divine uh, joy. Randolph, she plays the crazy one. So the Jack Black character from the from the movie, David Holmes, plays the more grounded guy. Jake Lacey, uh, recently from the canceled um, I'm Dying Up Here, plays one of her many love interests. And he's really great at it. In general, the show is really, really good. Really, really good. This is not a family comedy. There's sex, there's drugs, there's alcohol, there's swearing. All the characters have great lines. Um... Uh, Zoe doesn't crush every line, but I like the fact that they, they're not turning into her into like this little sympathetic girl who can't get love right. She's really edgy. She's really angry. She's really confused. The characters let her know when she's being a bitch. Characters let her know when, when she's, she's making terrible decisions. They don't let her get away with it. And, and, and she's, like I said, she's really funny and, there's, and the best parts of the show is when she's really, really angry. Um, she talks to the camera a lot. Uh, and, and usually that's a, that's a whatever. Um, she's great at it. And, and uh, the show and the writers do a great job of it. Uh, she talks to the camera during concerts and, and, and at bars and restaurants. And even when she's having a conversation with another person. So it's really done really, really well. This show is Really, really funny. Uh, Divine Joy is, is kind of the in-your-face comedy. Uh, <laughs> really angry, really loud, um, really raunchy. Uh, Parker Posey has a great cameo where she tries to sell. She's getting divorced. She hates her husband. Her husband has this like $100,000 record collection. She's trying to sell it to Zoe for, for $20. It's a great episode. Parker's fantastic. There's music everywhere here. So just like uh, the movie, there's music every here, everywhere. You get everything from hip hop uh, to punk to classic rock. You get the replacements. You get the you get Fleetwood Mac. Um, it's always classic though. All right, you know we're not hearing a lot of stuff. You know, kind of 21st century. So it's all you know, kind of classic punk. Uh, you know, a lot of classic rock Bowie and I'm not complaining about any of it because it's all great. Um, so this show is, you know, really an enormous, you know, ton of fun. Uh, and I get on this one pretty quickly. Um, number three, War of the Worlds. So Power does its series finale last week and all of a sudden Comcast cancels stars on me all of a sudden. And but they give me epics instead. So hey, we, we took stars away, we gave you epics. Great, just in time. War of the Worlds is starting. So you know, this is of course uh, based on you know the old, old book, the old, old radio show, uh, and of course the Tom Cruise movie. Um, this is starting from scratch, you know, they're making it their own, nothing like the book, that's for sure. Uh, maybe sort of like the movie, we'll have to see. This is just episode one, uh, we don't know yet. Uh, it, it, it premiered last Sunday night, so Sunday night is back to being pretty crowded. Um, but you know what? They get right into the invasion, so it's not the type of thing 
where you're going to have to wait, you know, eight weeks for the invasion to happen. Nope, we're in the invasion right away. Uh, they're not showing us what the aliens look like yet. Um, but this movie seems, at least on the surface so far, it seems smart, seems really interesting. There's a lot we don't know. Um, uh, but uh, so there's a long way to go. Uh, so I'm recommending this right now, and I'll let you know how it goes. Number two is Hunters. So Amazon's been playing Hunters, you know, left and right for a long, long time. You know, they don't have as much new content as Netflix do, does. So they're they're definitely quantity over quality. So every show they release is a big deal. Uh, this show is based in the 70s. Uh, talks a lot about uh, the amount of anti-Semitism that's still, uh, that's still uh, around in the 70s. Yeah, heck, it's around today. Uh, but, you know, it was, it was I lived in the 70s and it was really alive and well in the 70s. So um, shows, of course, about hunting down Nazis, uh, mostly in New York. Not sure really how many Nazis were in New York then, but um, but that's where it's based, and so that's where we're going to hunt some Nazis. Um, uh, I'm not sure how far they're going to take this, but, you know, they're already touching on how America brought over, you know, Nazi scientists to help with the Nazi program, the fact that there might be a Fourth Reich materializing, the Nazis are in... Uh, the U.S. covering up crimes for other Nazis. Uh, so, we'll, you know, uh, it just came out on Friday, so I'm just a couple episodes in. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, Logan Lerman uh, from Percy Jackson fame is the poor kid whose grandma just got killed, and he learns, holy cow, my grandma was a Nazi hunter, uh, and she was killed by a Nazi. And so uh, I like to be a Nazi hunter. Uh, so I just have to find out who leads the Nazi hunters and who leads the Nazi hunters. Well, it's Al Pacino and that's fun. And that's great. Uh, I just saw Al in, uh, uh, you know, in, in, the, you know, in, in, in uh, Scorsese's new three hour show on Netflix. Um, but um, unfortunately in this one, Al Pacino has an Eastern European accent and that's highly unfortunate. Uh, really more than highly unfortunate. I, I get it. If you are a Holocaust survivor, you probably are from from Eastern Europe, uh, especially if you survived. Um, so I get that they might have had to do that. Uh, I don't know who convinced him or the producers that he had a good Eastern European accent, but I bet it was this guy. I bet it was whoever convinced Dwayne Johnson to do a New York accent in Jumanji. Uh, equally horrible. Now, it ended in Jumanji. It only lasted maybe 20, 25 minutes in Jumanji. Uh, but um, in, uh, you know, it looks like this guy has to last the whole series for Al, and that's just not going to go well. Um, but nonetheless, uh, you know, I like the first show. It just came out on Friday, and I'll let you know. I'll probably finish it the upcoming week. It looks like it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it looks like it's going to be pretty action-packed. And, you know, just like uh, Inglorious Bastards, you know, uh, who doesn't like killing Nazis? It's always good fun. Number one, of course, season two of Narcos is here. Everybody loves Narcos. Um, I always had a hard time watching Narcos because, uh, uh, you know, it's half subtitles, Spanish subtitles. So uh, it's not like you can multitask with Narcos. you got to kind of pay attention. Uh, and that can kind of be tough, you know, if I'm working or doing other things. Uh, so I really have to find some downtime to truly watch this. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, it's still the best, you know, crime drama out there. Definitely the best 
drug crime 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 drama out there, uh, but it's awesome. Uh, starts right where season one left off. Starts right where season one leaves off. We got a new group of DEA agents. They're now undercover in Mexico. They want revenge for killing their agent last season, and they're going to get it. Our favorite drug smuggler, Felix, he's got some serious business issues. He has an accounts receivable issue with the Colombians. They're claiming poor because of all these U.S. seizures of cocaine, and they blame him on it because he killed a DA agent. So, you know, they're saying, hey, you don't get your money. You caused this problem. We'll let you know. We know we owe it to you, but we're not going to get it to you really quickly. Um, and he's got employee issues. He's got employee issues because he can't pay bonuses because he's got this AR problem. Uh, and of course, the government is squeezing him, and that's impacting margins. Felix has some serious issues he's dealing with. I think it's not a cartel. Now it's called La, La Federacion. So good enough. Um, I just got going on season two. Hopefully I'll finish next week. But it looks like they could up the action, up the violence, and um, really make this more interesting next season by, by still keeping the same amount of story, the same amount of complexity, uh, but mix it in with a little more violence and action, um, you know, and, and just the fact that, you know, hey, of, of course it's fiction, but, uh, you know, pretty much at a high level, this stuff happened. Um, and, and that's what sometimes makes it even more fun. So that's your top 10 this week. Um, uh, what, should you, what should you keep watching? What, what should you stay the course on? You know, Shit's Creek is still out there. The Magicians, The Outsider. Uh, Briar Patch, uh, Miracle Workers, Project Blue Book, Sinner, everything is going to be all right. You got to stay the course on all these things. So so I get it. There's a lot to watch and there's new stuff coming out. So if you just had 10 shows to watch this week, if you just had 10 shows that you absolutely had to watch this week, what would I recommend? So here's my top 10, starting with the best and going down. Here's my top 10 for this week. If you just got to pick 10, it's The Sinner, Narcos, High Fidelity, Don't Fuck With Cats, War of the Worlds, Homeland, Outsider, Lock and Key, Miracle Workers, and Magicians. And, you know, things like Briar Patch are right on the cusp there. So... Uh, so that's, that's, if you can only watch 10 things, that's what I'd go with. Again, those are new stuff. I'm not talking about the God of watches like the Goldbergs and, and some of the stuff that you have to watch. Uh, uh, this week coming up this week, a lot of premieres. Looks like a fun week. Better Call Saul, spinoff from Breaking Bad, uh, Walking Dead. I'm still watching it. I'm not okay with this. And I'm really looking forward to new version of uh, of Altered Carbon. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. So lots to start with this week. Lots to binge. You know, as always, Larry at Amberleaf.net. If you've got anything to say, any questions, talk to you soon.